welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. So this episode is going to be about advice, and is giving advice helpful or damaging? And I'm not sure whether you have ever felt like you have been given advice that you haven't asked for and how that leaves you feeling and please remember we are all in charge of our own feelings so if someone gives you advice as in telling you what to do and you haven't asked for it how do you feel how do you allow yourself to feel or if you ask advice from somebody and they don't give you it how do you feel so is giving advice helpful or damaging And of course, it can be both. So let's have a look at what that really means. So if you looked up the word advice in the dictionary, um, the definition is words given or offered as an opinion or recommendation about future action or behaviour. So when we give advice, it is forward focused. And that advice, of course, can be get on and do it. Or it could be, don't do it. So advice can be positive and or negative. Let's look at why people ask us for advice. And when people ask us for advice, it's generally because they consider us to be the expert. We have the experience. We have the knowledge. Sometimes others want us to validate their own decisions More often than not, if someone asks us for advice, they trust us. By asking us for advice, we become the sounding board. We can generate a discussion. We can generate a debate about the things that they are asking for, as I've just had with my accountant on something that I'm looking to invest in, which she clearly doesn't agree with. And they can also ask us for advice because it's what they've always done. And I'll put a little bit of a caveat on that. If people always ask you for advice, they could have become dependent on you. So if you are a manager or a leader, beware. People need to, should, have to make their own decisions. It's the way that we all grow and develop. Now, that's if we are asked for advice but what about when we give advice and maybe that is sometimes unsolicited advice we do it because it's become a habit it's we do it because it's what we've always done so why do we give advice because we consider ourselves to be the expert or we think we are helping or because we know no different the first things to consider is that giving to advice to others can make us feel good about yourself, make you feel good about yourself, it validates your own experiences, it provides you with a strangely pleasurable sense of superiority, 
gives you the opportunity to talk about yourself because it is your experiences. It can cause conflict when you help without it being asked for. It can be seen as interference. It can shut others down um, and can shut others' contributions down. It can turn people off and it can also allow people to become dependent on you. So the second thing to consider is that advice can be given to speed a process, stop others making a mistake, get something done your way and because you're paid to. So advice giving can be paid or non-paid. And very often advice is requested because people cannot solve the problem with the same level of thinking that created it. And for advice to be effective, whether it's asked for or given freely, you must be prepared. And if you think about mentors and advisors, whatever title they take, they will approach the task of giving advice as if it were an objective, rational exercise based on their technical knowledge and expertise. Advice giving is almost never an exclusively logical process. Rather, it's almost an emotional duet played out between the advice giver and the advice receiver. So giving advice, receiving advice, there will always be emotions involved. And by giving advice, you may be telling others that they've done something wrong, or you may be telling them something they do not want to hear. As the advice giver, you need to learn to recognise, you need to learn to deal with and respond to the receiver's emotions. If you do not do that, you'll never be an effective mentor or advisor. And you may find that people come to you for advice less. So it's not enough for an advisor to be right. An advisor's job is to be helpful, not patronising, not pompous, not arrogant. The skill of telling others that they are wrong in such a way that they will thank you for giving them helpful advice has to be developed. It's a skill set. So an advisor has to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. And proving to someone that they are wrong may be intellectually correct and it may be factually correct. And let's confess, it may occasionally be fun but it's not particularly productive for either the advisee or the advisor. And constructive criticism is by definition a part of every mentor, advisor's role and process. It's part of every leader, manager's role and process. So when we suggest to people how they can improve, it may not always be accepted as positive and it may carry the implied critique that all is not being done well at the moment. Yet, it is generally the person that's asking you for the advice who's usually responsible for the current state of affairs. The diagnosis and solution of a problem, and I'll do more on problem solving in another episode, can never be performed without considering the sensitivities, the emotions and the politics of the receiver's situation. No matter how technical your field or discipline, the act of giving advice is crucially dependent on a deep understanding of the personalities involved. I'll do more on personalities as well in a later episode. And on the ability to adapt the advice giving process to the specific individuals involved. 
So again, comes back to there is never just one way of doing anything. Learn the skill set, develop the emotional intelligence that goes with leading, managing, advising, coaching, mentoring. It's an essential part of the advisor's role to reveal problems, barriers and issues which the advisee, mentee may not be aware of, the member of staff may not be aware of. What we have to do as the advisor, the mentor, the leader, the manager is convey that information with tact and skill. The person that we are relaying that information to could easily believe, however unfairly, that rather than relieving fears and being helpful, the advisor is creating complications. Some advisees, mentees, people that you manage can be anxious, they can be uncertain and may experience unwelcome feelings of of dependency or loss of control. Therefore, it's your role as the advisor, the mentor, the manager, the leader to provide reassurance, calm calm fears, inspire confidence and promote independence. What we can never underestimate is finding the right words. Not only do we have to have the right attitude, but we have to have a careful attention to language. And dependent on the person that we are talking to, we may need to express the same thought in different ways because it needs to be received by the listener. You're not always aware of how you come across in your conversations. I'm not always aware of how I come across in my conversations. My my tone changes with my mood, as will yours. We and you know, I and you know, need know what we intend to convey. And we don't always get that right. So we have to build the relationship to know how we are being received. And there's a quote from Robert Burns, the poet, and he says, there is great benefit to see ourselves as others see us. So add into that to hear ourselves as others hear us. And that allows our self-confidence and self-awareness to grow. Various ways you can do it. So it's just a quick example. Saying you have to do something in a certain way, even when it's correct, so you have to do this, you've got to do this, is very likely to evoke an emotional resistance. No one likes to be told, or very few people like to be told when they've got to do anything, even when they have to be told what to do. An alternative option could be to say something like, let's go through the options together. These are the ones I can see. Can you think of anything else that needs to be considered? And then you follow it up with something along the lines of, let's go through the pros and cons of each option that we have. Based on these pros and cons, what do you think is the best option? Or can you think of a better solution? What you could then say as the mentor, the leader, the manager of the choices that we've discussed, it appears that X, blah de blah seems to be the most likely to work. What do you think? You are leaving the conversation open for the individual you're talking to to come up with a different solution or to ask another question. So you're leaving the relationship open. 
Another thing that I learned very many years ago, thinking about language, thinking about advice, thinking about mentoring, thinking about coaching, thinking about being a manager and a leader. When you have explained something to somebody, please do not at the end of it say, did you understand that? By saying, did you understand that, it's putting the onus onto the other person that was listening to say no. By inference, if they didn't understand it, they could possibly be thinking how daft they are to not understand, especially if you are in a position of power. So an alternative phrasing could be along the lines of, have I explained myself well enough? Which then allows them to say, no, you haven't. They are in a safer and more secure position. You can then ask them which bit you hadn't explained well enough and they can ask questions on that. Effective advice giving requires an ability to suppress, to suppress your own ego, to suppress your own emotional needs and to make the person that you are giving the advice to think that the solution was theirs or is at the very least their decision. If we as advisors, mentors, managers, coaches, leaders, whatever, whatever role we are that's listening to this, cannot develop that skill set, the advice we give could be seen as non-helpful, non-useful and, will, and not be acted on, which then makes our waste, our time, our energy, a waste of time and energy. Advice giving is an art and it is to do with personal relationships and we have to learn the skills. Some of us learn them by trial and error, some of them, some of us don't learn them. We carry on doing the same thing in the same way over and over and over again. An advisor's role, a mentor's role, a manager's role, a leader's role is to be the expert guide. And it's to be the expert in the process of reasoning through the situation. And your ability to be accepted as the advisor, as the trustworthy guide, can be damaged if your advisee believes that you've already reached your own inflexible conclusion. And this, of course, depends on what you are being asked advice about. One of the key things that an advisor must not do is commit themselves to a single advisory style and say, well, that's my style, the advisee can take it or leave it. When we are managing, when we're leaving, when we're leading, when we're coaching, when we're mentoring, we need to be able to adopt our style and adapt our style and our language and our words to get the message across that we are in the position to convey, whether we are being paid as a mentor as a, or as an advisor, or whether we are being paid as a manager or a leader within business. And as a final caveat on this, we give our advice free and we give our advice paid. We give advice because we want to, because we think we are helping, and we give our advice because we are asked for it. And that provides a 
flowchart of, of how and what we should do and how and what we should do it. Sometimes if we're given advice, there is only ever one way of doing the thing and it has to be done that way. There is no give nor take on that. And sometimes when we give advice, it is far more flexible as to the result that's achieved. And once again, if you've got any questions on this, if you need any advance, um, if you want a personal conversation with me around any of this, please contact me. Julie Hogbin, Conscious Leadership for Business and Life. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.